It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast after the long wait. It is game week, and this week what that means is the return of a very familiar face to Faroe Field. Missouri State going to be led by Dave Steckel this weekend against the Tigers. Steck, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Gabe. Thanks for having me on with you. Yeah, I appreciate you taking some time, and, and I know uh, a lot of Missouri fans are, are have followed you the last couple of years but haven't gotten to hear a lot from you. So I guess, first off, I know you uh, – Barry Odom told us today he doesn't love coaching against guys he knows, so uh, coaching against Barry on Saturday and against some players still that obviously you recruited and coached, what's that going to be like? It's, it's going to be an emotional wreck, you know, but uh, – <laughs> I talk to my players all the time about distraction control and, and being focused, and I'm going to have to have the epitome about that, you know, to play Barry and Andy Hill and Cornell Ford. Hell, that's like playing your brothers, you yeah. know. So, and, and, you know, I was the youngest of the family, so I got three of them to beat up on me. So <laughs> it'll be fun, but it, it'll be fun before the game to hug them, be fun after the game to hug them, but during the game it's not going to be very enjoyable uh, from a standpoint of, you know, we're both out there to try to compete and win. I know that obviously your family is uh, heavily involved in football. Have you ever had an opportunity to actually coach against your brother? My brother Les? No, yeah. he's too damn old. Game. Okay. Come on, man. He's, okay. he's almost ready for a wheelchair, so <laughs> I never got to coach against Les. Nope. <laughs> All right. So uh, it, it, now the flip side of this is, and I know you've mentioned this to some people, kind of the opportunity and the excitement that this game, this opportunity brings for your program. So – I mean, this is uh, – I know that you guys have played D1 schools before and all that, but being in-state, is this one uh, a little bit special? Well, it, it's special in my in my mind because it's going to be fun for my wife and my daughter and I to come back there. Um, not that they added any more fuel to the fire here and more distractions for me. <laughs> I really want to know whose idea this was, but the uh, they're on in a 2017, right. which is very sentimental to everybody. And uh, hell, they when we got the invitations about the game and uh, the celebration at D Rose, they sent it to my wife. They didn't even send it to me. <laughs> and uh, my yeah, wife, you're and gonna be like, a little busy, not, huh? I'm gonna be a little busy. My wife and daughter are like, you don't mind we go, do you? She goes, you know, those are her little, those are her little stepsons, you know. So um, anyway, to make a long story monotonous, it's gonna be fun and exciting to go back there. I think personally, though, it's um, we're going back there to work. I think it's great for the alumni. I think it's great for the state. You know, it's also, you know, we got to keep in perspective that we're playing an SEC team. And yeah. not only are we playing an SEC team, we're playing a damn good SEC team. and We're an average FCS team. So the buildup and the hype, I think, is just because, you know, Steck and his wife are coming back. And, and I got three guys on my staff that played there. Uh, actually, Jason Ray, our receiver coach, right. is was a captain of the 07 team. He was teasing me, saying, Coach, now at halftime, I won't be in the locker room. I'll be with the team. <laughs> I said, Jay Ray, you'll be in the locker room. So, actually, Coach Pinkle's done a great job of working with Chad Moore to get him recognized at the third quarter sometime, which well-deserved because he was the captain. And then we got Kendra Jackson and Manier Prince on our staff who's coming back there. So, there's going to be a ton of mixed emotion. My excitement about the whole thing is in 14 years, I keep telling everybody this, I heard that Mizzou has the worst visitors locker room in the country and in my 14 years up there, Gabe, I've never been in it. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> Is see what that right? looks like. You, you've never I've walked never in it? I've never ever been in it. Wow. Never walked in it. Never walked in it. Didn't want to go in it. Didn't care to go in it. And didn't have any right to be in it, you know? So I never walked in that thing. 
and now I'm going back there. So we're going to do a little walk through on the field on Friday, and the first place I'm going is locker room to see what he just plays bad. Everybody tells me this. Well, that seems like a good strategy to me. I mean, uh, they're redoing everything up here, and I'm thinking when you redo the visitors' locker room, make it miserable. Like you don't want them to be happy up there, do you? Well, I guess not. They're going to make me miserable for a day. So that's they, you got that going for distraction. Yeah, I got to come home and. And then they bring the old seven team back in there. So yeah. I guess when they kick my ass, they just want everybody to see it. Huh? <laughs> now, I know I, I know that you've made some comments. Uh, I've read your interview with Dave Matter. And, like, look, every coach, every player goes into every game. The goal is to win the game. Uh, it, that's not any different for you guys is, is coming up here. I mean, it's a jumping level of competition and all that. But it, when you're in football, you, you come up trying to trying to and expecting to win a game, right? Right, and I think I think Barry and Cornell and Andy would think less of me if we didn't come up there to try to compete and win a football game. Heck, that's why they got a scoreboard over there. Right. Um, but I do know for us to win the game, we've got to take care of the football, we've got to execute our fundamentals, and we've got to play our ass off. And I think if we get those three things accomplished, let's we'll see where the chips fall out. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I mean, we're there to win. Yeah. When they start the game, it's going to be zero zero. Unless you're willing to talk to Barry and those guys and let them spot me about forty then I'll, I mean, I'll be more than happy to take that. I mean, I'm okay with that too now. I'm willing to ask him, but I imagine he would say no. Um, but but uh, I, If I, I know check. Barry, and he is a great man and a great, great friend, and I, he is like my brother, but he's going to say no. He's not going to say no, dude. He's going to say hell no. <laughs> Talking to Dave Steckel, now the Missouri State head coach. And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Kim Anderson, when he was the basketball coach, when he got the job here, he told us, you know, obviously he came from – from the smaller school, and he said, look, I had a lot of guys at that level that could have played at the D1 level, but rather than just kind of be a guy at the D1 level, they they came and, and took on a bigger role. Uh, it, does your level of football have a lot of guys that maybe could have played uh, up at, at a level like this but wanted a bigger role at a, at a little bit smaller place? Uh, I can't speak that from a whole. I mean, there's reasons why, you know, certain guys are certain places. You know, we had a kid here named Dylan Cole who left last year, signed a free agent with Houston. In fact, actually just started my press conference. I heard he's doing fantastic. And, you know, he is – what people need to understand is, is he was a great player and he could have played there. There's no question in my mind there. But in that same recruiting class, we took Michael Shear and Donovan Bonner, you know, right. who, were, who were two great football players. So I believe we have some guys that can play at that level. But when you're talking for a whole roster, I think the answer is no. I think we have some talented kids here. I think I have really good football players. And I think we've – uh, brought some kids in here that can really excel at the one double A level here, the FCS level. Um, but we'll, we have one or two, or we have a couple guys that can go to the play. Absolutely. Yeah. How much uh, further along do you feel like your roster and, and your program is than what you walked into a couple years ago? There's no question in my mind. We're, we're stronger. We're bigger. I think we're better. Now the question is, where will that result take place on the scoreboard, Gabe? I don't know. And then we get to open up with an SEC team. You, you question that even more, you know? So mm-hmm. I think as we go through the season, we're going to find out how more competitive we are, how more resilient we are, and um, be able to prove that we are a better football team than last year. Some of the some of the personnel stuff I've seen on your team is obviously at the quarterback position. I mean, you bring back your starter. You just recently got a transfer in, though, from Rice. Where Where's that whole thing stand? Well, uh, we didn't bring back our starter. We got our starter from spring ball. Okay. Spring we ball. actually have a – we don't have a quarterback in our roster that has taken a college football snap. Oh, wow. Um, closest one. I shouldn't say that. JT came in from Rice, who took a couple snaps there last year for Rice. 
And uh, Peyton Huslig is going to be our starting quarterback who led Garden City to a national championship last year. So um, he's going to be our starting quarterback, and his first nap in college football is going to be up there in the uh, – up there in the zoo. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles it, but I think he's a very level kid. He's a very intelligent kid, has a great grasp of our offense. So we'll see where that takes us. I, I always remember Coach Pinkle's line was, you don't know what you have in a quarterback till you throw him in the hot water. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, it, not having a guy who's taking a snap is something that probably kept you up a couple nights uh, in the last few months, huh? <laughs> yeah, just a couple. More than a couple, <laughs> you know. And I agree with Coach Pinkle, not just, not just the quarterback, but all positions. You know, they're like a tea bag, you know. Yep. You'll find out how strong the tea is and how hot the water is and what it produces. I want to finish up with you. You, you mentioned the, the deal for the 07 team. And, look, I've, I've talked to enough people. I know no coach is ever going to say, like, one team that he coached or was a part of is better than any other. But just uh, kind of amazing to me that was 10 years ago. And, I mean, uh, how fondly do you now – I know you won't do it on Saturday, but kind of look back at that team that the one was the one that really – Put you guys on the map here. Well, I, I think it is. You know, I, it, there's no question with, the, with that team and and how uh, uh, perpetuated us as we were going. The thing I look back so fondly about though is our uh, 2004 team. Those the 2004 team is that had it was really the uh, nip and tuck back and forth year. Mm-hmm. Brad Smith gets hurt at Iowa State. Chase Daniel comes off the bench, takes us to a bowl game. If we don't go to that bowl game, who knows? We might be on Skid Row and fired but we go to the bowl game and then the rest is history and that team takes over and then that those young guys were the guys who perpetuated that 2007 team and it was it was absolutely special playing in the old cotton bowl and you know those guys carrying tony temple off uh shutting down mcfadden and, and jones that day if you remember mm-hmm. it, it was really a, a great memory day for me personally and and for that football team and then but you're right i would not compare them to any other teams because there were some great wins down the album bowl and, you know, my last game of the Citrus Bowl was just fantastic, too. But that 2017, there, there was some characters now. <laughs> there <laughs> yeah, were some that, characters. That was a fun team, no question. And I know I said last one. I lied. I got one more. I know you're going to have a team meal all that Friday night, so you're not going to do this. But when you come back to Columbia, where's, like, the one spot that you've got to go? Where's where's Stex hang out in Columbia for food or whatever it might be? <laughs> Man, I'm a big fat offensive lineman, man. Come on, Gabe. There's a lot of food places I, I eat around there. Yeah. You know, uh, I just there's so many fond places there with with, with Shilohs and D Rows. Uh, but if I have date night with my wife, I'm going to go to CC Boiler. So it depends what we're going out for. See, but, but now those, those three spots have really fired me up. And I got to tell you, man, Booches. If I'm going going really grease, man, I love Booches and Mugs Up, and then I love D Rows and Shilohs. And then if, I, if I'm on date night, though, I'm going to CeCe's. Mugs up is fantastic. So I know you wanted one, but I give you five. No, you are – if date night is CeCe's, you are a fantastic husband. I'm, I'm thinking – date night, it's more like Jimmy John's. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, and, and amazingly, no. I'm still married after saying things like that. But uh, Yeah, but guess what, Gabe? When you're married to me for 31 years, you got to make it up somehow for, <laughs> for the poor girl. All right. Well, Stack, appreciate it, man. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday, and uh, best of luck uh, – this weekend and this year. I appreciate it, Gabe. Bear up. All right. Have a good one. Dave Steckle, the Missouri State head coach. And uh, I tell you what, folks, it is amazing. That guy, he could make reporters absolutely, like, buckle their knees when he was in Columbia. Like, he was never a mean guy. He just, he just liked to mess with you. 
and he would just stare at you and make you feel like you asked the dumbest question ever. Since he got to Missouri State, he is the most phenomenal Twitter follow there is. He is an incredibly engaging personality, and finally now we are seeing the Dave Steckel that like his friends always told me, this is a great dude. Because honestly, that was not a side of him we ever saw in our jobs uh, covering Missouri. He was all football, no nonsense, didn't really have time to to talk to you or or entertain the fact that you were uh, asking these questions about his football team. A really fun conversation. Appreciate Coach taking the time out because I know he has been bombarded with media this week and uh, appreciate the the 10, 15 minutes he gave us. And we now are going to move on to everything else that's happening in Mizzou football this week. So now we're going to bring Brian Austin in who joins us. Uh, Brian, sorry, we only got so many microphones and so many phone lines. So you did not get to spend 12 minutes with Dave Steckel, but you know I'm sure you'll make it's up for, for it the another better, time. Probably I'm a I'm a sailor. He was a marine. He he probably hates me. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's funny though. Like I was just saying, like the Dave Steckel now, like I it, seriously, he was. I covered him for I don't know 11 years. I wasn't sure he knew my name. Right. He called me Gabe like four times in that interview. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's like a he, different dude. Well, well, like guys, he might have done some research a little bit before uh, talking. <laughs> right. He's like, who, who the hell's this, this guy this I'm guy? talking to? <laughs> yeah, but no, you get away from Columbia, and all of a sudden, you like everybody in Columbia more. Right. Well, yeah. no, that that is kind of how it works, though, honestly. When you don't mm-hmm. have to be around people that much, they're they're not as bad anymore. Well, and when you're not covering, you know, yeah, when you're not dealing with somebody right. every single day, it's – it's a little bit better. Um, so, look, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this one. I mean, we were just talking, like, here is the extent of my knowledge on Missouri State. It comes from reading T. Rucker's thing on our <laughs> site this morning. They have a really good return man. Okay. And their quarterback last year, whose name I can't remember, or their quarterback this year, whose name I can't remember, last year won the JUCO national title at Garden City Community College. Oh, wow. Okay. So that is what I it know seems about. like he must be – Kind of good, then. You yeah, think. I mean, they got a transfer. Was he from, actually playing when they won the yeah, title? Yeah, he was he, the starter. Okay. <laughs> it is not John Franklin III from East Mississippi. <laughs> um, and that is pretty much what I know. They do have another quarterback who transferred from Rice and is somehow immediately eligible, but hmm. isn't going to be the starter this any... week because he got in like a week and a half ago. Are there any former Tigers down there, like since Odom not, took to any like Ryan Williams or any of those guys? Go not down that there? I know of. Um, no, I forget. Ryan Williams is going to, I think, Coffeeville, maybe. Oh, okay. I saw that on Twitter, but no, not that I know of. Um, you know, so it, obviously the connections with Jay Ray, Munir Prince, Kenja Jackson, who was always a guy right. I like talking Justin to. Justin Kramer, that. yeah. Yokely, the defensive coordinator, was a GA at Missouri for a long time, or not in a long time, but for a few years. So there's, there's, I mean, I would say 75% of the staff has some sort of Mizzou connection, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm sure there's some guys on there that weren't at Missouri, but mo- most of them ha- were either a GA, a player, uh, some sort of a student assistant, something right. at, at Mizzou before heading to Missouri State to join Steckles' crew. And like everybody who has answered that question has said this week, like, that's cool. Until kickoff, and then it doesn't matter. Right, like, it's yeah. just a football game, and we're both trying to win. And Missouri has the better players. And, and Steckel knows that. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I've and, talked to some other Missouri State coaches over the summer at camps. We They're they at one of the Missouri camps in Lindenwood, and we've got a chance to see some guys. 
and and they all kind of have that same expectation. Like they're going in and they're obviously going to try their best and do everything right. they can to win, but they know it's uh, a big mountain to climb. Yeah, and... they would love to win, but no, it's unlikely. Right. I mean, I don't think if they were to come up here and lose, say, 41 mm-hmm. 21 I don't think they would go home feeling bad about oh, it. Oh, no, I don't think yeah. so at all. That I mean, that'd be good momentum for them going into the real season, the rest of the, right. the season where the games matter for them, where the conference records they're yeah. in their in their league where they they're trying to they're trying to build something they're trying to we talked about that on or you and dave talked about that on tiger sidelines i mean they're trying to turn that program around down there and a, a positive that would be a positive outcome for them and get it going in the right direction i would think and people only remember these games if they are appalachian state michigan or north dakota state kansas you right. know that's the only time you and, and let's be clear this is not north dakota state or app state like right those were really really good fbs teams like or fcs teams mm-hmm. national title level fcs mm-hmm. teams as steck said in that interview i mean look they're an sec team and we're like a middle tier fcs team Missouri you know Valley i mean team, yeah, yeah they're they're kind of middle of the road so look this game ought to be over but so what should Missouri's approach be? I I think in most cases, you want to play your starters probably a drive into the third quarter. Okay. Like, give them a half and give right. them one more drive. And hopefully at that point, seriously, if it's if you're Missouri, it's 45-7. All the starters across the board, or do you do different things? That's – I don't play DeMaria Crockett very much <laughs> at all. I, I seriously give him maybe two series. Yeah, first quarter – yeah. If that. Right. If that. Honestly, I, I mean, if he gets five carries for 40 yards and you're up 14 nothing, I go to him and I take his helmet away and I say, mm-hmm. you're not allowed back on the field. Now, that's tough to do with kids. They all want to play. Right. He only in his entire career is probably going to get like 52 games. But, hey, man, like we need you next week. Right. We need you the week after. I mean, Ideally, I know he would rip off like an 80-yard touchdown run on the first and drive done. and then he'd be done. Right. And, and, and in talking to some people – like, he didn't play very much in the scrimmages yeah. in camp. Like, they are treating him – he doesn't officially wear a green jersey, <laughs> but he might as well wear a green jersey like Drew Locke. And, and the fact that they got Ish and they got um, Larry Roundtree, who they want to get more reps with, right. it sounds like. And Nate Strong probably needs reps because he was hurt. Dawson Downing, they sound like they're pretty confident with him. He's a yeah. guy that could see some action as, as a walk-on. I mean, you got all those guys. Let them get out there and play. Yeah, and, and it's two things. Number one, if you need DeMaria Crockett to win this game, yeah, I'm sorry, but you <laughs> suck. Right. Like, you're not any good. It's going to be a bad year. It, it, but secondly, like, that's – I say that about Crockett because it really is, other than quarterback, the only position on this team that I look at and say, the starter is up here. And then the other guys are down. And now Ishwitter's a fine back. I'd say a Larry tackle Roundtree, like that too. Yeah, but, I although think we Yassir don't really Durant know might be a pretty that good much about Durant because we right. haven't seen him. Right. But Tyler Howell and Paul Adams are really good. If if Durant's challenging them, that that's right. I mean, that means but, they got some really good the tackles. The separation between Demarie Crockett and anybody else at right. his position is big enough that you treat him like Drew mm-hmm. Locke. And now look, Locke, I think you let play two two and a half quarters for a couple reasons. Number one. Like, Demaria Crockett's a confident kid. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke needs, I, I think, needs that. Validation's the wrong word, but he needs to go out and do well. Right. You know, Just and, a positive and your return. team right. needs that. 
And secondly, like DeMar Crockett doesn't have to get a rhythm down with anybody. Mm -hmm. it, it's not like you need me to run behind you to know how to block or to know how to hand me the ball. It's kind of an isolated position. Drew Locke needs to get a rapport going with his tight ends, with Rashad Floyd, with Jonathan mm -hmm. Johnson, with all these guys. So I think he needs like two and a half, three quarters with Jack Lowry and Michael Wilson aren't going to do those right. guys as much good. So you need that and, going I, into week And I think, two. I mean, obviously quarterbacks can get hurt, but it's it's – uh, not as likely as a, I mean a running back. You're the way you're cutting, the way you're running. Right. You're in contact every every time you if, touch the ball. If your quarterback gets hurt, in all likelihood, it was a blown assignment. Right. Like yeah. somebody did. Now that can happen, but a running back doesn't have to get touched to get hurt. Right. A exactly. Lot of and the way Drew, I mean, some quarterbacks are going to scramble a lot, and right. that could happen. But that's not going to be Drew's game against Missouri right. State, most likely. We say that now. <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. Can you drop back and roll your ankle? Sure, right. it can happen. But like you said, it's unlikely. So. And, and look, on defense, like, if I'm Missouri's staff, I mean, there are a few guys. I guess Terry Beckner, Marcel Frazier, I, I don't know if we go beyond that of guys that 100%, they're starting the South Carolina game. Right, Like, yeah. are there, I mean, I'd say, I say DeMarco, Anthony Sherrills and DeMarcus, DeMarcus AC, AC, but I don't know. What right. have they done? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Since we haven't been able to see them in the the practices or anything, I, right. I mean, you're looking back all the way to Clear the spring game, and honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. Clearly, there's not a linebacker. I, no, I don't think if overs, you're, yeah. I, I mean, if you're if you're Markel Lutze or who's even atop the depth chart at the other defensive end, I don't even remember off. Jordan Harold was Jordan it? Harold, right? Yeah. If you're those guys, are you going? Hey, I know my spot's secure for week right, two. No. Absolutely not. So on defense, I think this game is we're gonna play like 28 guys. Mm -hmm. And the 11 guys that we see the most out of on Saturday and then, you know, Sunday through Thursday the next week, those guys are starting. Right. Like, they may be third stringers. You know, who knows? Uh, I mean, Ron L. Perkins, maybe he starts next week. Um, you know, right now, whoever starts Saturday may not start next week other than, I would say, Beckner and Frazier. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, there's there's nothing said on that side. Um, I mean, Thomas Wilson isn't even on the two deep now. Started last year. Right, he might start next week. Could could end up on the two deep next week. So yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting I, mix back there with, and I mean the lack of productivity last year, and then just kind of not knowing what's going on because you don't get to see much in practice or anything like that. It, it that's the most anticipated part of the game for me, seeing what happens with the defense, how they right. substitute people in and out, and and who makes some plays, and seeing who is that. Demaria Crockett, Henry Josie, guys like that who, like, I say this a lot. The, the Missouri coaches took so much grief for not playing Henry Josie more early. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, I'll be honest. I watched practice start to finish every day that year, and there were days I didn't know Henry Josie was there. Right. Like, practice has to mean something, at least for the first two or three weeks. So who's that guy that... We didn't notice in practice, and maybe the coaches didn't notice in practice, who all of a sudden the lights go on and you go, oh, hold yeah. on, man, we got something here. <laughs> right, yeah, that's that's an interesting point. And I'm trying to think of some guys who, who might be like that on defense. I'm, maybe Gerald Alton is a guy that— It that, could be anybody right. on defense, you right. know. Um, but offensively, I mean, you know, what if Dominic Collins comes out and has seven catches for 122 right. yards? You know, well, then all of a sudden, I mean— do I think he's going to start against South Carolina? No. But, and, and this is kind of a two sided conversation. Like, coaches love to say, 
It doesn't matter who starts. Well, no, it does matter who right. starts. Like the kids Especially think, to the kids, look, yeah. Mike Dixon. They he, like to see that thing up on the video board before right. the game starts. And, like, Mike Dixon, he was good being a six-man on a really good team one year. But if he had come back and been the six-man again that next year, that wouldn't go well. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all know, we've talked about a lot, Terry Beckner not starting was an issue last year. Right. Not just for Terry, but for people in East St. Louis. And, and I understand that. Like, there is... Taking that first snap, unless, like, there were games, like, when you're playing Texas Tech with nine wide receivers, like, okay, dude, your middle linebacker is probably not starting that right. game. That, that makes sense. But taking that first snap is important. However, people get caught up in who's the starter. What you really need to get caught up in is who took the most snap. Yeah, snap counts. You know, at the, right. At the end of the day, who was out there for the most plays? Right. That, I mean, that's how you know who the coaches trust, who, who they're counting and, on to come through when they need a play. Right. And you're not going to find it out this week. No. But, but who, who are your 11 guys when you're up 21-17 on South Carolina and you have to have a stop? Right. Who are the 11 guys then? Because right. those are the guys that are your Yeah, starters. this game they better be shuffling through every defensive yeah. guy they think has any chance like, to make a play this year. We better see guys that we're not going to see again this year mm-hmm. in this game. You know, yeah, I exactly. mean, if this game, the, uh, I've said this year after year after year. This game, the only answers you can get are bad. Like, if this game's close, if Drew Locke plays a snap in the fourth quarter in this game, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you better shut up about eight, nine wins because that's right. not going to happen if you're close not, with Missouri State. Not unless there's some big change in week two practice that, uh, for, for whatever reason, didn't click yeah. in over the preseason camp and summer and all that other all right. that other time they've been working towards this game. And now that said, none of these guys will say it, nor should they say it. But they have to be much happier with the opener this year than the task they had last year. Yeah, it's, I mean, that game, going to West Virginia last year, there was no reasonable person who right. expected Missouri to have a chance in that game. Yeah, they kept it close a little while, if I remember right. Yeah, they never was, really were in a position kinda, where you thought they were going to win, right. though. It was kind of one of those games in the first half where you go, I mean, they got things a chance. go right, yeah. you know, blah, blah. But so the optimist, the fan watched that game and said, man, we were only like three plays mm-hmm. from being right there. I watched that game and go, it, it's kind of like the big brother holding the little brother at arm's length and right. just watching him flail his arms. He's like, I mean, I could knock you out at any time if I want to, but I don't need to because right. you can't beat me. And I'm sure, I mean, West Virginia is probably working on some things when you're in a game like that first game. So it, it'll. this is a exhibition warm-up for them this year. Yeah. So This is really the f- the third scrimmage. Right. That's what this is. And we get to watch it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, <laughs> hey, they they sell tickets to it, you know. So um, And a couple people are buying them. Not many, but a couple. Yeah, I mean, we. I was told yesterday, and, and look, I don't want to get too far into this tangent because, I, and I, I want to say first, like if you're listening to this podcast, we're not talking to you. Like right. you're a good fan. You care enough that, you're probably going to be there, and even if you're is not going to be there, is a good fan? like well, the ones that pay us <laughs> you're are a great dedic- fans, dedicated, no, dedicated. Fan. <laughs> but but no, my point is like that. Like I grew up going to Missouri games where it was always thirty five thousand, right. like big games, and I don't even count because like Nebraska would bring twenty thousand there, uh, but like <laughs> bigger games, like you'd get up to forty, maybe forty five, but. Even the terrible games, there were always 35,000. So those are the people that, they're the diehards. They, like, they're not going to look on Saturday and go, 
Larry Roundtree? Who the hell's that? <laughs> now, there are going to be people in the stands who are going to say that. Right. Absolutely. But so 50,000, um, look, this is why they took seats out. Yeah. Like, this is where they're at right now. And you can go till you're blue in the face and talk about all the reasons why. And yes, five and seven and four and eight are a reason. Yes, November 2017 is, there's all, or 15, there are all kinds of reasons. But this is where they're at right now. And this is why this month is so big. I mean, okay, get 50. I think the goal for South Carolina should be 60. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they'll get it, but I think that should be the goal. Um, so then if you win that game and you win Purdue, then, absol- then absolutely I'm going to trash the fans if there aren't 60,000 for Auburn. Yeah. Absolutely I will. Close to a, I mean, you would think a game like that, if they're 3-0 and and Auburn's 3-0, that's got to be a sellout. Right. Like you don't get to say you don't get to have fifty six thousand at that game and say why doesn't anybody in the SEC like us? Yeah. Well, that's why because you had fifty six thousand fans yeah, at that game. Well, yeah, fourteen thousand right. empty seats or whatever it is. But and here's the difference between a program I don't want to say specifically Missouri, but a program like Missouri versus some other programs out there. It just doesn't take very long to knock them off the bandwagon. Right. Exactly. I mean, this program was. T- Two years ago, they were coming off four division titles in seven seasons Mm -hmm. or eight seasons. That's pretty good. Um, You know, you look no further than who they're playing next week. South Carolina, like a lot of people who maybe have become fans more recently or who didn't follow the SEC back then or the ACC from like 1978 when George Rogers won the Heisman Mm -hmm. to whenever Steve Spurrier went to South Carolina, like they were a steaming pile of crap. They were Every yeah, bit as bad as I remember as Lou Missouri Holtz was. went there for a little yeah. while, didn't he? And he yeah, didn't and really. He got them going a little bit right. better, but yeah, they they were by and large very bad. They had, I, I'm not going to say they sold out every game, but they they got some decent crowds there. Right. You know, I mean, um, so you can't. Just, so what I'm worried about, and worried is the wrong word, but what I wonder about this. Okay, you go beat the brains out of Missouri State. What if you lose to South Carolina? Then Fans are going, oh, see, we're not very yeah. good. I, I mean, like, you got to show up for six and six if you want to get to eight and four. Like, this $98 million project, like, why did it take a little while? You need more people to show up and give money. Right. And, and that's what it is. And, I mean, it, it doesn't make the decision for recruits, obviously, but they notice when there's nobody in the stands for these games. Well, like, look, there's a reason that last year Missouri's coaches were going, hmm. I kind of don't want this kid to come down for this game. Right. You know, I, I mean, it is, a, and I, I, I want to stress, that cart like, we're not, <laughs> right, we're not insulting people that are listening to this, but this, it, it, and yes, they have to win. They have to do something to earn, to get those fans there. But if they do win, then those fans have to be there and they right. can't jump off after, you know, if you're three, and oh and you get beat by Auburn in front of 62,000 and say you split with Georgia and Kentucky and you come back four and two, like, that doesn't mean it's cool if there's 51,000 yeah. at Idaho. That's a good start to the season right yeah. there. I think anybody should take that start. Obviously, you want to be 6-0 and if you're the players or coaches. That's right. what their goal always is. But to a realistic person, 4-2 and two start would be very good. And, yeah, there should be another 60,000, 65,000 for that next home right. game. It can't be I'm going to show up when I know they're in contention for Atlanta. Right, and yeah. you got to show that up. That Texas A and M game a few years right. ago. I mean, those games sell out, but yeah, it, it shouldn't take that. Right, to all sell the games game. leading up to that need to 
if not sell out, they need to be pretty close. There, there needs to be quit worrying about deer season or what time the game is or if it's 74 instead of 76 outside. You know, like at some point, and again, the team has to make the has to give them something to care about, but the commitment also has to come from the other side. Sterk seems to be trying. I mean, mm-hmm. they got the concert series going in. I don't know really any of the bands except for the, the guy that's a big Mizzou fan. I've drawn a blank on his name right David now. David Nail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. There's, there's some female singer I'm a big fan of. Don't know her name. <laughs> big fan. Yeah. Yeah. What's she sing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that's, that's going to be the best show, I think. Um, but, it, you know, so. Anyway, that's we're kind of getting into it. Um, what I, are there any? I don't think there are any league games this week. Are there? SEC? Um, no, there I has don't been. Think the, so. I know South Carolina Vandy have opened the season in August the last couple of years. Right. But I don't think there are any conference games this week. Um, obviously, I mean, there's some big games, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's Bama, Florida State. We'll talk about that one in a minute because every week I do want to cover a little bit of college football because this is really one of our few chances to just talk college football right. and not straight Missouri. Um, we'll get to Bama, Florida State in a minute. Um, Tennessee, Georgia Tech could be interesting. Yeah. It's in Atlanta. It's not yeah. a Georgia Tech home game, but it is because it's in Atlanta. Is it at the Mercedes-Benz it's the at, day yeah, before? Yeah, it's at the, the new stadium on Monday. Oh, so it's I after. Believe. It's either Sunday or Monday. I think it's Monday. Okay. Um. So that one, Um. look, I, I think that could be it. Georgia Tech's a tough team to prepare right. for. They're always – kind of they're never great but they're always decent and yeah they, they can always beat somebody they can always beat somebody that's just what i was thinking they they always seem to beat a team that you wouldn't think on right. paper they beat georgia a lot right yeah mm-hmm. so um that'll, that'll be that'll be a good one to watch obviously the two big ones are the with the ranked teams michigan is, and florida and alabama right. is florida michigan a big game uh, like i know it is but is michigan really a top 10 team i don't know Right. I'm trying to think. Is Florida who really a top 15 team? Well, not with the team they're going into that game with. With all the, I, I saw Mark Schlebaugh tweeted a picture of like a a 10 seater plane and said, "Looking live at Florida taking <laughs> off for Ann Arbor." You know, I mean, that's about where they're like I, that game now. Like you said, like if Michigan doesn't win that game, I mean, yeah, Florida is without half its guys and a lot of really good players mm-hmm. top receiver i think top running back now just in the last yeah, jordan couple scarlet to, yeah uh, if we're and i i'll be honest i hadn't been following it that close it's right. kind of outside our realm but i i saw somebody tweeting about how i mean essentially they're they were trying to defraud their university and they're uh, yeah, probably i don't end even up, know why they were suspended something to exactly. do with credit like debit card fraud or something okay. like that with the school and I mean, it sounds like most of them are probably going to end up with a one-game suspension, and eh, I don't know. Sweet gig if you can get it, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, so the big one, obviously, Florida State-Bama. Um, like, look, here's what I love about this game. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, it. if either of these teams lose tonight or lose Saturday night, so what? It, it, like, you come back and run the table, you're going to be in the playoff if you're either the now right. it does take away a little margin for error. It means Florida State needs to beat Florida and Clemson later in the season. It means Bama needs to beat Auburn and LSU. But that's probably the case anyway. You know, I I, I mean, if you're eleven and one and you lost to Auburn and they ran the table, you're probably not getting in. Right, exactly. So I mean 
one day maybe Missouri will get a game like that where they start the season. I, it I doesn't matter. These, right. I love these early season games. There, I, I mean, it gets you. It's what college football does so well. It makes you care right, right. off the bat. Like, I don't want to watch Alabama and Texas Western. I don't think that's a school anymore. But, you know, <laughs> I, you know what I mean. But I, I'm DVR in Alabama-Florida State. I'm going to watch that one when I, when I get home on Saturday night. There's one more tonight that, look, it shouldn't be a good game, but like, I feel like football's actually starting with Ohio State and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Like, there are games we should care about now. Right, yeah. No, that's one. I'm, Arkansas plays tonight against the Rattlers of Florida yeah. A&M. Probably right. that one doesn't matter. I, that's I, not Lane Kiffin, is it? No, he's Florida FAU, I think. Florida right? Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Florida A&M, isn't that where yeah. uh, Kellen Winslow was the athletic director for a short period of Could time? Could be, right? That, Florida International, all those schools. I don't know which right. one's which, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, real games are starting. We are into it now. Um, I, I guess we can go ahead and... Go ahead and pick the game on this podcast every week. I mean, I'll have my final preview up Saturday morning, and sometimes the pick will change between now and then. <laughs> it won't this week. I mean, I uh, I think I said Missouri 61, Missouri State 17 was my pick. Yeah, I, I would go somewhere like 55 to 14, yeah, yeah. something like that. Because we'll, we'll kind of finish up with this. Like, Look, I don't think they're going to win. I, I don't think they're going to put it on them like they did Delaware State where it's 79 nothing. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think they're going to get up 45-14 and go, all right, man, that's Steck on the other sideline. Let's right. just hand it off and run off. No, they're going to run their off. Josh Heupel doesn't strike me as a I have a lot of sympathy for you on the other sideline guy. And, and I don't think Coach Steckle wants him to do that. Absolutely. I, I mean, he wants them to go as hard as they can all game long. I mean, he doesn't want them, I'm sure, running trick plays in the fourth quarter. and With the starter. Right, yeah, right. stuff like that. But if they just line up the ball and give it to Larry Roundtree or Nate Strong or Dawson Downing in the fourth quarter and they run for a touchdown to extend it out to 60-point win, right. st- I mean, he's – I mean, I remember there was a game, and I can't. It was against Nevada, mm-hmm. not when they played out there yeah, with Reno. Kaepernick, but it was the the year before. Missouri was up like sixty two twenty one, and Jeff Geddes, a walk on linebacker, mm-hmm. intercepted a pass, pick six, made it sixty nine twenty one was the final. And I remember Gary Pinkle saying after that game, he didn't want him to score. Yeah. And I thought, no. well, first of all, that kid's never getting that <laughs> chance again. Second of all, like. It's more insulting for him to run out of bounds at the three. Right. You know, that's telling the other guy, like, I'm so much better than you. I'm going to intentionally not try. Like, when you're four years old and your parents let you win at Monopoly, that's one thing. Right. If you're 15, like, you get it. That's not fun, you know? I recently had experience with this in our E-League championship season. The other uh, team let you guys win? No. Did it no, take the shine off of it? No, the only two games we lost were on a doubleheader Wednesday, and we got the break speed off of us both games. The first game, they were stopping at third base, not scoring because they wanted to extend the game another inning. Yeah. And I was pitching. I mean, it's E-League, so you just toss it up there. You beamed them, didn't you? You, well, you went high I was, heat. I, should, I thought about just – if I would have thought about it at the time, I just would have walked the next guy on purpose so uh-huh. they would have scored the, the run to end the game anyways. I, that's bullcrap. Just score the run. Don't right. try to extend. I don't know. You want to play more game right. when you're – it's stupid. And, and, look, I grew up coming down to Columbia watching some absolute terrible football. And, like, you know, the the white fullback that you'd never heard of from Nebraska would come <laughs> in behind the third-string offensive line and get a 65-yard touchdown. Like, 
that doesn't make me angry at Nebraska. No. That makes me angry at my team that still has their starters in and can't stop them. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't take away Jeff Geddes' chance to score a touchdown. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember a few games like James Franklin would kneel at the six. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Hand the ball to the walk-on that never gets in the game. And if he scores, good for him, man. That kid's always going to remember it. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't take away somebody's moment. Yeah. I mean, it's to 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 what you think sportsman. It's not even really sportsmanship easing up like that. I mean, I it's agree. just what you think it should be. I agree. So, I mean, look, it's going to be a blowout on Saturday. Uh, this is the only time I'm going to tell you all week. It's 11 a.m. It's <laughs> on one of the SEC Network alternate channels. It's on the uh, Tiger Radio Network. Like, if you can't find it, you don't care. <laughs> you know, uh, if you can't find it, Google.com is your friend. So uh, on next Thursday, we will be back. Well, I, by that point, we probably won't wrap up much other than if something really jumped out. We're, right. we're going to be full on looking forward to South Carolina next week. And, um, yeah, the season starts Saturday, but, boy, next Saturday, it really starts. Big game, man, big game. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, – I was trying to look real quick who South Carolina has this weekend. They've got NC State. Oh, who that's actually, right. A lot, of team, yeah. a lot of people think is going to be pre- – uh, Cole Kubelik, who we've had on this podcast, picked him to go to the playoff. Oh, really? Now, Didn't I don't they know if lose they're their that quarterback? Good. I don't it, know if they're that good, but they've got they're supposed to have one of the best defensive lines in the country. Hmm. So, Interesting. Yeah, Dave Doran, former uh, Kansas assistant, has a goal. Right, from Northern like Illinois went yeah. out there, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, that's one to follow. South Carolina, um, NC State. We've talked about some of the other ones. So we'll be back next week. We'll uh we'll quickly wrap up week one and then I don't know, man, the season a week from Saturday, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh I mean, I know it's not the first week, but to have a big game like that the second week, still, it's a good way for fans to get to start the season. I completely agree. So, uh, appreciate Dave Steckel joining us. I mean, I'd say I appreciate Brian joining me, but that's <laughs> why he obligated. gets paid, man. Yeah, he has to be here. So, thanks to Steck. Thanks to you guys. Um, Brian and I will be back next week.